0: Hi everybody! Welcome back to this week's episode of Crime at the Family Table. I am joined here, of course, by our lovely co-host, um, Alyssa. We also have a little miniature special guest with Alyssa today. So if you hear anything in the background, just know that is our esteemed special guest, and she is not to be messed with. She's coming to join us today as our mini, okay. you know, mascot. How you doing, Alyssa?
1: I am momming and I thank you for your patience. I have the best, the best co host who is so patient with me and juggling these two little babies. I really do appreciate my Aquarian sister. Um, just got a birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Y'all, I am 29.
0: So I'm feeling, you know, a little older, a little wiser. My back hurts a little more. But, you know, I'm not worse for wear, worse for wear, nothing like that, you know. Mm -hmm.
1: We're so happy to have you on Earth another year.
0: Listen, another trip around this old sun. Listen, I'm grateful. I'm very, very very grateful. So this week we are not doing our... um, you know, like last week you guys got the shoot the shit and the week before you got some like kind of social updates and things, like social media type of things, like what's going on in the world. But this week we're gonna kind of get in right to the episode because it's a little bit longer and we definitely wanna get be able to get through it in a good timely fashion because you know, these things take time and editing time. So mm-hmm. um I really hope you guys um listen are able to tune in and listen fully i would like to give a disclaimer that this does talk about um basically i would say forced abortion um abuse and um a murder of a woman is um the topic of this conversation if you're not comfortable hearing about this please tune into another episode and take a break and you know self-care is always important and set your boundaries immediately do not try to push yourself into listening something that you're not maybe ready to hear all right
1: let's start the show
0: Okay, so as we all know, um, yesterday, because when we record this, this will be on February thirteenth. Yesterday was the Super Bowl, and we saw two very dynamic teams going against each other, um, in Arizona. Like we are Philly girls, so one, 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 we lost. I mean, you know, real sad, real, real sad things going on. There's was a yes. cry going on in Philadelphia today. Um, honestly, but I, on a side note of that too, like, I say, like, silly people are not as sad. It's because Andy Reid, our former coach, was coaching the other team, and we have a love for Andy Reid. Andy Reid saw us through a lot. Like, he really, he's the reason why we have some of the players that we do on the team. So, honestly, we we really made it a um, good long way, and, you know, Jalen Hurts' fine ass got us even closer Ooh. to that <laughs> with his cute self. Ooh, baby. And that's a fine man. And so as you can tell, we are very much drooling over, mm-hmm. you know, football players of uh, what happened yesterday. But, you know, sadly we lost. And honestly, today, like I decided to do an episode that I think kind of fits in with what is happening this season, what we just ended with yesterday. Um, Today's episode is about Ray, uh, Ray Caruth. Now, Ray Caruth is a really... Not no name nowadays, like many people this day and age will probably not know of him because he is of the career of yesteryear. Like when he was, um, running around in these NFL streets, we were, I was literally three years old, so yeah, so he's not really a like you know, somebody that people like that were born in 2000 would know, like he like long since kind of gone seasons past, but he was a pretty big name. And so this case really took a lot. And I feel like I also wanted to do this case because of the fact that we are not going to talk about the other football player that shall not be named because he's been overdone in the true crime world. But I decided that I feel like this case was kind of touching on that, but in a different angle. And I think that you guys will... Definitely see why we picked this. All right. So not much is really stated about um Ray's early life. So Ray roof was born Ray the Theatus um, in Sacramento, California, January 20th, um, nineteen seventy four. So right now he is forty nine years old. So not too old. So this kind of let you know like this is a pretty older case, but um not You know, not much is known about Ray in his early childhood, so um, he attended Valley High School where he played football, which led to his football career um, at the University of Colorado, Um, and he was pretty much a shining star there, like, honestly, and what what happens next with him honestly makes a name for him in where he grew up in Sacramento, California. Um, he was a first-round draft pick um, out of college uh, in, 19, in 1997 with the Carolina Panthers and was got a three-year contract for almost $4 million. By all accounts, he was like the bright, shining future was ahead for him. He had all bets were on Ray Caruth being that guy whose name was going to be everywhere. Um, he didn't seem he seems unstoppable for referral. And I know that that is like a lot, but like when you come, when you're a young black man, I feel like you get into a sport, the idea that you are going to be in the league of that sport is like, that's the that's the goal. You're, the end goal is for you to be in the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, like anything that you do, you need to achieve to that point because there's also an investment into that. Because they've invested the time, the energy, like the moms and the dads, they stand on the sidelines, they're at all the games, they're transporting you. The The neighborhood is cheering for you. Like so much is given so that way you can be boosted up. And like when you nail and to be a first round draft pick, like that is huge. Like that doesn't happen to everybody.
1: And $4 million um, contract back then. I mean, $4 million for me is not, nothing to sneeze at. But for back then, $4 million contract, your first uh, round draft pick, like that is, that's something, that's not nothing to sneeze at back then. And I remember, so if you were three, yeah, I was in elementary school, but I remember (laughs) the name Ray Carruth and I remember him being like the next, like he was next up, like he was the big thing. Um yeah. for like in the football world. And I back then I didn't care or know too much about football. But my dad is a football fanatic and I remember I remember Ray Caruth. So he was like he was a deal.
0: Yeah, like he he was like a big deal. And like I mean he was also nothing to, you know, cross your eyes in because he was fine. That that was it was a fine man. Like honestly, like he had it all. He had the looks, the talent, and now the money. Honestly, a triple threat. So, I mean, he did – everything wasn't necessarily perfect with Ray. So, like, I wouldn't say that. Ray did, you know, have a good um, first year as a rookie going into the NFL. He did have a little bit of injury, like a broken foot was nothing to, you know, not worry about because, you know, that can be a career-ending thing depending on what happens. But he seemed to be going to be bouncing back and everything was going to set up right. No one, and even Ray would suspect that he would be in front of a judge and jury pleading for his life in the murder trial of his then quote-unquote girlfriend. Um, Of course, Ray is no angel and he certainly didn't live like one. So this is really going to be a big hit on a lot of people like so we now get to talk about the other person involved in this case. So Cherica uh, Lavina Adams was born in 1975, and she was raised by her mo- mother Sandra Adams and her grandparents. Karika went to the um, Winston Salem State University, and she but she later dropped out. She did want to break into the world of real estate, and um, but she did also have to make ends meet. So while being a real estate um, agent in the daytime. Um, she was doing exotic dancing at night. So um, if nobody knows this, it is is very well known, unless you're selling big properties and like things, the commission you get from selling those properties is depending on how much you really make. Like not a lot of real estate agents make a lot of money only when the everything has to kind of be right. The market, the house, everything kind of for you to make good money. And also when you're very new and young in the game, it's it's also different. So she, you know, she was just trying to make a name for herself. Like she was really trying to get her name out of there. Um, Cherica and Ray did meet um, at a pool party in 1998. And it seemed like they were. See, that's the thing. Like, we really don't know what their relationship status was, according to Ray. And that, like this is the only person we, whose word we have at this point that pretty much a relationship was just a sexual relationship at best. They had sex like a handful of times and it was very sex driven to the point where like, you know, it didn't really even seem like there was a future relationship to even think about.
1: It was just for fun. And that's what it was. And they were just. Huh? Cuddle, I was going to say cuddle buddies. Yeah, they were cuddle buddies. each other warm and she so she was a stripper and in real estate yeah so like she would do
0: exotic dancing at night so so because she had you know she wasn't making a lot of money so she was kind of you know it felt like she was kind of in the scene girl in, in certain senses of the word like what people would think but she really wasn't like she was really like trying to build up her name in real estate but she kind of was just like true it's it's easy money in exotic dancing like I do know especially nowadays like that's like the thing to do but you know you make some easy money and you just go and you do your day job so like that's kind of what she did um and Ray simply didn't probably have a problem with it because you know he's not in his opinion he's not her man um well due to these sexual encounters uh Ray does get uh Cherica pregnant so she does become pregnant with Ray's baby, and to say that Ray was upset about this would be very. We'll be saying it lightly. Ray did not was not wanting a baby yet with Um Cherica because Ray was already a father. Uh, Ray had um gotten his uh, former girlfriend while he was in co- um college, pregnant, who lived in California. Um, and he got her pregnant, and so he has an older son. And somewhere in the midst of this, he does in 1998. He also does get when him and Cherik are meeting, he gets another woman pregnant, and she'll come up later in the story. But just to let you know, a woman named Michelle Wright, who is one of his, who is his first girlfriend in like high, well, high school, college, is pregnant, has a baby with him, and he has a son. He for for this son that he has with Michelle, he is paying almost four thousand dollars a month in child support for. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's it it, it all makes sense towards like it all kind of melds together in the end that Ray really had a lot going on his plates. Ray had women, and Ray clearly wasn't a fan of using protection because he kept having babies. And so, he really tried to, like, influence uh, Cherica to have an abortion. Like, it was really a pushy subject. Um, Ray claims that that wasn't what would happen, but friends and family of um, Cherica do corroborate that, you know, he was pressuring her to get an abortion. So, one of the things that really, I would say, kind of brings us to a head of, like, really what this relationship really what this relationship really was is the fact that Ray claims, like you know, he really didn't want to push. Like he he even went to Lamaze classes with her and visits and all of these other things with her. Um, but Ray claims that he didn't even know Cherica's last name when they were when they were together during the time of her pregnancy. So it, he only found out her last name at the time of the Lamaze class. Um, from there. We kind of can surmise that Ray wasn't too keen on Cherica, like he really didn't think of her as anything special, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, however, nothing would prepare people, for, no one could prepare for what was about to happen. So, in November 19, 16th, 1999, 911 dispatchers received a call from a woman shouting. I've been shot. I'm nine I'm eight months pregnant. Dispatch. Okay, ma'am. Eight, eight months, eight months pregnant, been shot. You're at Wessex Square. Okay, stay on the line. Um we need to find out where uh find you. Um during the time on the phone call, we find out that this um is Sherika Adams and she is literally fighting for her life. On the line, Cherica explains to dispatchers of what happened. She's like, "I was following my baby dad, Ray Caruth, the football player." Um, and he's, she's and the dispatcher asks, "You think he did it?" Cherica, he slowed down and a car pulled up beside me, and the um, dispatcher and shot you, Cherica. Yes. It was an ambush on a quiet road in Wessex Square area of South Carolina. And that and the night began in the tailspin of a case that mirrors another notable um, NFL player that we will not name. Four weeks after being shot four times, um, which sent like in the neck abdomen and near um her abdomen, uh Jerica Adams uh lost her um fight for her life and um died December 14th 1999 um operators asking Jericho um what happened figured out that she was following her who she says her boyfriend and well her baby dad Ray Caruth, hurt the football player on the road and that he had drove off after she had gotten shot
1: So for, just for a clarification, if you don't know where Wessex Square is specifically, I just wanted to see what the area was like, just for my information. And it is, it's, it's, it's like suburban, like mm-hmm. new construction type of houses, um, luxury apartments. Some of these apartments are starting at like four grand, and yeah. this, I mean, this is 2023 but I'm pretty sure back then it was still like a nice place to be. So it's not like she was just chilling in the hood, getting a like, drive by. Like no, whew, sorry. Like
0: and and the scarier part about this is is like so Cherica. The reason why she's out here following Ray is because they were out on a supposed to date. They had went and saw a movie together, um and. Charica was following behind his car and I guess they were leaving and the car had pulled up beside them. Now, this is very and I and I like that you mentioned that because it's not like they are definitely in an inner city community mm-hmm. where it's like a whole bunch of people, and then you have this high crime rate, and you would have just people coming out and carjacking or whatever. Like this seems abnormal for the area that they are in. Like the only reason this incident happened is because pe- these people were there, so it seems very pointed. Okay.
1: Mm-mm-mm.
0: Um, as I said before, due to this um incident, so Cherica is eight months pregnant. Um, as I said before, like Ray did not want, you know, seems to not want children, and really prosecutors really that's the story that they were telling um luckily for uh Cherica's family um Chancellor Lee Adams did survive i mean he fought to the very to the like he fought to stay alive every little bit
1: he that's was the baby that she's pregnant with
0: chancellor so and it's so cute cuz it's like second chance or so chancellor very adorable so like and Cherica fought to keep this baby alive with her very last breath. Um, the Texas were able to speak with Cherica when like she had gotten out of surgery and she had w- with the same exact story that she had given operators. So it really didn't seem like anything was wrong with her. Like her statement didn't change. Like and am- like it's not like when she got out from being under anesthesia that that anything got messed up. So. Mm-hmm. Now it was time to kind of get Ray um, and figure out what was happening because she's te- technically pointing to him as conspiring to get her killed and killing her or her unborn child. Um, Ray, you know, he goes to the court and they say like, hey, you cannot leave. This is during the time that Cherica is in the hospital. She has not passed away yet. Um, she." They tell him, do not leave the vicinity we are you know investigating you and they are going into the investigation mode uh they wanted to find out like who was involved like what's happening because they they understand who Ray is like they understand who Ray Caruth is he's this big deal football player of their state so it wasn't difficult to find him but the next people um, they had to find where the others in the car that did commit the shooting. And this led them to a drug dealer named Michael Kennedy who knew Karouf, um, at, at from a car accessory shop, Stanley Adams um, Kennedy, um, and and a friend of theirs, Van Brett, uh Watkins, Van Brett Watkins, I'm guessing, so... We're just going to call him Van. Um, a self-proclaimed pit who worked as a security at a strip club. Not the same probably club that uh, Cherica worked at. But these, these three people kind of get mixed up with each other. So they find these three people and um, a case is kind of being built. Um, after Cherica dies, um, it's now time to kind of swoop in and get Ray for pretty much um as that's readam like hiring a hit on Cherica and you know being involved in her murder but Ray was not going to go down without a fight so Ray um gets in contact with one of his um former former friends wendy cole a salon owner who was going to be making her way over the cosmetology school um over in california so he asked can he you know hitch a ride with her and he goes into her trunk so he clearly is hiding and he knows why he's you know so however he is found he is apprehended in um Wildersville, um, Tennessee um, and found in the trunk of the car. His mother was a part of him being apprehended because she didn't want want it to become like this whole shootout. She wanted him to kind of go, go in and be, you know, apprehended safely because him running was just in her mind, not a good thing. This case got even more high profile um, in November 2000 when the start of a very, Detailed and very crazy cases being built against Ray Cruz. So, the defensive story is that, um, and this is what Ray is sticking by even to this day. So, her Ray's belief, her Ray's statement is that Cherica was basically shot because of a mishandling of like not paying back his debts to drug dealers. So that she basically got in the middle in a sense of like something that was aimed towards him. That um, Van Watkins and um, Michael and their friend uh, Stanley uh, were kind of just, it was like he owed them money. And and this is not, you know, this is pretty viable defense because Ray actually has um, financial issues uh, going into his trial. um he does, you know, because he got involved in a pyramid scheme, he does like have issues with handling his money. He he is paying, and, and as he likes to, you know, it's like this kind of womp womp. Like he had a baby, so now he has to pay four thousand dollars a month in child support. And you know, he wants people to feel bad for him because he, he has to pay child support. Like it's just like that feeling, like from the defense that they were supposed to feel bad because he has to pay four K in child support a month. Like he has just a lot of financial burdens on him. And yes, yeah, like you know you know, he was given a pretty substantial amount of money, but that money was supposed to last him for the three years of the contract. And because of his injury, there was a potential that he may not make it to being like a more of a superstar that would garner
1: more money. So he was selling <laughs> her life. And, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. He, was, he was getting caught up in the pyramid scheme um, and he was having financial troubles. Cause I was wondering, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, why he hired like Johnny Cochran? I think he was still alive back then, and Kardashian might have still been alive at that point. Oh, he might have died by then, but I was just wondering why he wouldn't hire the best of the best to get out. I would always hire OJT, right? Just like this, yeah.
0: It's just like I don't know. So well. Well, I'm just going to also now lay out the full prosecution story, okay? And we're going to kind of go back into the defense and as we go along. So the prosecution told a very different side um, that Ray hated Cherica for not aborting the baby. And so began his plan to permanently get rid of the problem, which was the murder of Cherica and Chancellor. Testimony from the trigger man Watkins really made this case explosive. Um, Van Watkins was called to the stand due to um, the defense bringing up the fact that, you know, while um, in, while locked up, um, Wat- Watkins basically say, stating to an officer that he um, killed her because of Ray owing money. Um, however, the defense did not plan that the judge would then ask for Watkins to come onto the stand um and you know, state what what happened. And what was stated in the prison was not the same story that Watkins said when he was on stand. And this impassionate uh tale of what happened, um, in my opinion, is very damning and very it's a hard pill to swallow because it's very callous. So, of course, uh, we know Watkins is not an upstanding member of society. However, he did um, plead guilty to second-degree murder, um, and he was uh, given a 40 years uh, Forty years uh, due to this plea. He told the court that at first, Ray wanted Watkins to beat er- Cherica up, and so that way Cherica would miscarry. Uh, Watkins said, and I quote, um, I don't beat women, I kill people. roof without much push, must have liked that idea because he and Wat- Watkins concocted a plan of um Watkins killing uh Cherica, and that he would do this for six thousand dollars. Three thousand up front and three thousand once the job was done. Watkins went on to stalk Cherica. Um and it was months before the actual incident occurred. So um, like pretty soon into finding out Cherica, Cherica was pregnant uh, Ray had a, by Watkins claim had planned this murder plan out with him and stated that hey you know we're planning this together. Uh, when is it going to happen? Because she's getting further and further along in her pregnancy. So Ray is probably getting a little frustrated. Um Ray gave Kennedy, um, money for the weapon, um, and, and on the, on that date of, um, November in 1999, um, uh, uh, Kennedy and Watkins, as well as Michael, were in the car, and they followed, uh, Cherica and, uh, and Ray, as they went to the movie theater, and then as they were leaving, Um, If you're wondering what car Ray happened to be in, it's very interesting because actually uh, he was in one of Kennedy's cars and so he was driving Kennedy's car when he went to the movies and that is the car that was ahead of Cherica when they were driving away. So Watkins had... um, so, after committing the murder with a uh, with a thirty eight caliber gun, which is uh which those bullet cases were found at the scene, um Watkins had contemplated killing um Kennedy and uh killing Kennedy and Michael um but he was out of bullets, so he didn't have enough bullets in the gun, so he was gonna kill them all off as witnesses, but he didn't do it so um so. Basically, he made an impassionate, you know, a very passionate statement about, like, you know, telling the defense, like, when the defense tried to cross-examine him, saying, like hey, you got a deal, and this is the reason. This is not initially what you were, you know, you stated when you were locked up, and, like, when you were being uh, questioned, and he was just like, you know, you pick. and Watkins crazy told him, you picked the loser side because you picked somebody who you believe is right, and you um, are going to lose this. like, it really felt like this man had a little bit of a conscience. We're going to get into why we... You know, Watkins is maybe wasn't the best choice of defense, but it was, I feel like, a big, like, one of the things that I would be like, okay, wow, this would have me believe the story that the prosecution is setting up. Because at the end of the day, it's not like this man is walking scot-free. This man is getting 40 years in prison. He's going to be out when he's a very, very old man. And if at all, because whatever happens, and he, he really has nothing to lose. He's admitting to murder like in front of everybody and potentially would have done a triple murder if given the
1: opportunity. He's saying it so nonchalantly. I mean, but he did say like, this is what I do. I don't beat women if I kill them. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Another testimony that helped the prosecution was the testimony of Amber, uh, Amber Turner. Now, Amber Turner, I mentioned before as another woman that Ray also got pregnant um she does not have a child so we're gonna find out why
1: uh he's no love no love people like you just put a hat on your soldier put a raincoat on jimmy like i like all of this and that's what just really bought
0: boggles my mind it's because and we're going to talk about this at the end but like i feel like i need to bring this up is that a lot of men is crazy would do something like this and it's very scary because a lot of people do not believe that the actions of of ray caruth potentially are not wrong that if you don't get an abortion that violence that i commit against you is warranted that you, that violence should be committed against you. So yeah. So Amber, a beautiful, mind you, like beautiful black woman, like Cherica, beautiful, Michelle, like, yeah. I mean, is getting beautiful black women just boom, boom, boom. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Amber had became pregnant um, in 1998 and she told Ray and according to her, he was pissed. He threatened to have her killed if she had, if she did, if um if she had the baby um and after that conversation she did go on to have an abortion she basically and she also mentioned that there was a time when she heard Ray jokingly say that he um wouldn't wouldn't mind sending over someone to California to have the other mother of his child killed to also prevent him from having to pay more child support. Yeah. This
1: is not a good man. Um, if you broke, just say that. <laughs> just, uh, just leave them alone then. Like, disapp- I mean, I guess you kind of, you kind of, not you know what you get yourself into. That's not what I'm trying to say. But like, in dealing, that hasn't changed. In dealing with high profile people, you know that there are a lot of women who have who get pregnant by them for the for the money like for the bag for the setup because you got to pay this child support for life but it's a shame like these things could have been prevented if if they would all just use protection but at the What's same that- time it's like come on bro like you're
0: it is though is a honestly the only reason why he pays this amount of money is simply also because of his lifestyle. So, a lot of the things like people don't ever realize is that the reason why a lot of these people have to pay a lot of money is sometimes because these kids need to be anonymous. The, an- the anonymity, yeah. you're paying for the anonymity. So, these kids can't necessarily go to a school because um his son actually has the same first name as him. His name is Ray Samuel. Mm-hmm. um And he is, you know, he, he, this is his child. And so a lot of this money is like for quote unquote lifestyle, but it's, of course, it's not going to be the same thing as what he would get he with his father, as people would think like the richer person in the relationship, but it's to make sure that child is adequately protected when they are with this parent, because this parent may not have the funds of the lifestyle to take care of that child in that way.
1: Exactly. Cause
0: you're they, and your son. Yeah, you're Ray son, like LeBron James kids. You know, you know what I'm saying. Like, yes, he's married to like his wife or whatever, but to make sure they are protected, so paparazzi isn't outside of the school. These kids can't go to public school.
1: Like, not go to school with other rich kids. They have to have some level of like being in like at least a gated, uh, uh, a community with their security. Because anybody could just run up on him and be like, oh, you such and such son, like your dad got money or whatever the case may be or pick on them for whatever dad is doing in the media, things like that. So I, I do understand that. He just, he, that's sickening. Like you don't want any kids, but you keep making these kids and then faulting the women for it and threatening to kill them and eventually getting them killed.
0: Yeah. He's, he's, and what the defense does in this case is like really annoying because like this really also shows you how far we've kind of come. Is that like the defense when cross examining um Amber Turner is saying like, well before when you were interviewed by a magazine, you you basically said how nice Ray was, and I'm like, two things can be true at once, folks. Hello. You can you can be a nice person by a very short list of things. Until you're met in the situation where you're not very nice. So clearly, children are a trigger for him. Like, well, children of his own are a trigger for him. We're going to come to that in a moment. So later on, um, the prosecution also brings the mother of um, his child, Ray, uh, Michelle, uh, to testify. And she basically states that when she wanted to bring like come over and bring little ray with her to um the carolinas to come see him um she was just like oh like what should i do while i'm there like you know just trying to you know figure out what to do because she's bringing him to go see him but she's not that's not singularly what she's going to do while she's there and she testifies that ray said don't be surprised if you get into a car accident like and says it in a kind of joking manner, like you know, it is, you know, and and I think that when you're when we also talking about the situation is that it all could be shrugged off because nothing has happened until we're now brought to a situation where something has happened to a young woman who is pregnant with Ray's baby. Like none of those situations seem weird. None of the interactions you've had with someone seem weird until a bigger situation happens. That makes you really think about all those situations that you may have and interactions you've had with that person. And it may cause you to overanalyze certain things, but it also makes make you pause and be like, wait, whoa.
1: This is this is bad. He I just um I'm, I'm stuck on that that you got interviewed by a magazine to say he was a my guy, as if people don't put their best foot forward first.
0: Amber um also testified that, you know, Ray had also attempted to give her a script if investigators were to talk to her. And this script... Was basically saying how nice of a guy he was, how good of a person he is, how she just would never think that, you know, he would do something. Like like It was very much a case of, you know, just trying to paint the picture, but that's not what she did. So I don't know what he really thought he was. I don't know how he thinks he could threaten a woman that he would get her killed if she had a baby. So that she would lie to officers about you. One thing to lie to a magazine, because what is that? we talked about that last week, we talked about that a few weeks ago with the Meg Thee situation, that she lied to Gail, Gail King about sleeping with with um, Tory Lane as if she's the police. Like a magazine is a magazine, the police and the court of law where you're under oath are another thing. And I'm not saying people don't lie while they're under oath, I'm just saying like those are two different areas and you can lie to a magazine and or like an interview person and tell the truth on the stand.
1: Exactly. We so, people with common sense.
0: Common sense. Use your common sense, okay? Common sense. Because they're clearly that that just doesn't make like sense to the defense. And he's just trying to create, you know, and I can't get mad at the defense because the job of the defense is to poke holes into the thing and to make sure the prosecution is not basically railroading a client and basically, you know, giving them a fair trial because, you know, we're all privy to a defense so we all have a right to that but I'm just saying this is just a piss poor job because you know those like me as a jury member like I would just not like you couldn't convince me that like oh she told this one story here and she's and she's saying like he threatened her here it's just like those two things can both be there at the same time you're not really telling me much of anything but okay I digress
1: bless you. but the big
0: Part of the prosecution case, and I think that this became really the thing that sealed the deal of the, the, the bow on what the prosecution was conveying, was the omission um, of Cherica fighting to save um, the life of her and her unborn child during the 911 call with the dispatcher. And to understand that, like, the defense did try to get that removed, because honestly, I think even the defense knew, like, it, the only way, like, they, like, you can, if you ignore Watkins, and you ignore Amber and Michelle, and you ignore those people, at the end of the day, Cherica is stating what is happening. Like, she is telling you, by her own account, what happened. And from what happened, it seems, from even if you just listen to her, that, She, like, because if you're saying to me as Ray Carruth that, you know, that what the defense story is coming up is that this is a drug deal and that Cherica was shot, but you are completely in a separate car and you can be seen in this separate car, why aren't you being shot? It doesn't make sense. It is a
1: clearly an intended hit on one target. Who knew they were gonna be at the movies? Like that's some random place. It's not like it's her home or her job or places that they frequent. Like it you were it was a one off, you were at the movies, like and it just so happened they were like, Oh, we know that they're gonna be at the movies at this particular time. Surprise. And like you said, how come nobody shot him if he was the intended target to begin with? It's usually they can't find him, so they are trying to draw him out by getting to the baby mom. Or or a loved one. Or,
0: or shoot at his house. Or yes. Or like, you know, cause a dead man can't pay either. So I mean, it, like I'm just like it just escalated so fast. And then another thing that like is brought up by Watkins is the fact that the reason why um like Ray was getting upset because Ray wanted the situation that he wanted was he was getting upset because he wanted it to be done when he was like in training. Or he was going to be at the field. So oh, he no. would have a distinctive alibi. Yeah. And so this, I think, really is like, if you're going by the prosecution, a really big F up on Ray's part because he's in the vicinity and he's not shot. he's There's no glass on him. They're not even in the same car. Like this is completely just like, bro. And I think what really f him, and like you know, and I think on on another note though is the fact that the I, like the prosecution also says that this idea. I think that the plan was is that Cherica sh- should have been dead, so she wouldn't have, um, so she wouldn't have, uh, like had the been allowed to, been, yeah, been allowed to call the people, and that basically Ray would have been able to drive ahead of her in enough time to get away. And that when they probably found her the next day, people came outside, and then they found her in this community. That he could have said, "Oh yeah, like we went to the movies, and then we went our separate ways." Mm-hmm. And and so Cherica fighting for her life in the spirit of a fighter that she is, and the spirit of a fighter that Chancellor Lee Adams is is so is a testimony to a lot of things. And like I really just. Like, really, this man sealed his own fate. Like, he just he picked the wrong one. He just picked the wrong one because he and her, she fought and she fought hard for her life and she was also shot in the neck. yo. That's <sighs> the crazy part. She was able to, like, so many things were set up against her. Like, she really could have just bled out and died. Like, you know, it's so crazy because really, they kind of could have gotten mostly away with the situation. Like, but it just it just didn't work out that way and i don't know i'm not a religious person folks so like but something has to have been there to really just keep her alive because she was pumping and she stayed alive again to make another statement so it's a lot of things are leaning to ray not being not walking away from this but i'm gonna give the defense a chance so the defense um story of the events, um, painted Van um, Watkins as a lone gunman who sought to teach Ray a lesson on not paying his debt. Uh, But however, they also try to paint Ray's character as a person um, of high character. That Ray was, you know, he didn't drink, he didn't do drugs. He didn't, you know, he wasn't in his life. I mean, his probably only vice is seeing more women. Like he, you know, he kept a woman on his arm, like he was a woman magnet and that was his only thing. Um. However, Ray was not like perfect, of course. So Ray had got wrapped up in some weird stuff you know like I said the pyramid scheme and also dealing with um my with Michael and Watkins as well as Kennedy um those men and that crowd of criminals um Watkins um was like I said initially not a witness and of course because of the the defense kind of doesn't want victims because he has like a criminal history and he's kind of has mental health, um, concerns. And there's, there's so many things. He's like a touch and go person. I'm sure the prosecution is kind of like touch and go with him too. Um, and during his discourse while he's in, um, lockup the defense is pretty much saying like when he was in lockup that he had told an officer that the money was, um, the money basically was owed to him, and that Ray refused to pay it. um and that when he has stated it, uh to him, he had to make him pay. Like the, the purpose of was him to make him pay. And he said something to the effect, like, I hope this bitch, I hope the bitch dies, and blah, blah, blah. Watkins claims that he's actually talking about Ray in this moment, but we don't. like it's, And he says he uses Ray, a uh, bitch, as a all-encompassing you a bitch, I'm a bitch, we a bitch. It's kind of like "John." It can be used for everybody.
1: <laughs> We're not buying it.
0: <laughs> Nobody's buying that and let's just talk about Watkins' like criminal history so he highly criminal history of stabbing his brother pistol whipping a drug dealer and threatening his wife with a with a cleaver and setting a fellow inmate on fire
1: where do you get the fire from did he start a fire and just, like rubbed his what?
0: head like this man is literally like off off his rocker
1: he is psychotic like he, you set your own family. No, he didn't. He set his, his fellow inmate on fire. You stabbed your brother. So and you don't have no disregard for your own family. You pistol with
0: like, so he has a, so his record shows that he's not necessarily a killer, but he ain't afraid to get a little messy.
1: Girl, I'm scared. He ain't got nothing, nothing, to lose. no remorse. Ooh. Okay, go ahead.
0: Other things to paint right in a um kinder fashion was his love for children that he seemed to have a positive impact for uh impact towards that he you know him and Amber you know had like you know brought along like this young guy and really kind of kind of big brothered him and he really had a notable good impact on the kids and he really wanted to be you know a positive influence um other testimony was um brought from fellow teammates uh Floyd Muhammad Wellers um talking about how pretty much that Ray was had great character and that they kind of just would never think that of him in this fashion to be violent or to hurt anyone um and at that point Really it was just up to the jury To kind of set the case out So what we're dealing with now Is a 12 person jury With 7 white males 3 um, black females And 2 white female jury. And they sat back And you know they, they were left with the facts And some of the things That were left at their feet Were that you could either be of one mind, is that Cherica was caught in the middle of a bad situation where she was with a guy who really hung around some misfortune and that she was kind of just caught in the middle and was shot and killed. You can go with the other side of things, the prosecution side of that Ray set her up to be murdered and her child to be murdered Simply because he did not want to be a father to another child and have to pay more child support. Um, yeah. So when the jury came back, they decided to believe the prosecution on this one, y'all. So and like I, I'm saying this is like a kind of matter of fact way because I don't think that the defense is. Story and Ray's story held as much water as what is being said. the The thing about it is, is that it's not any of the other stuff. Chair to herself, surviving testimony is really just the thing that's going to haunt rape. I really like. I really know that 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 recording haunts that man because. This woman literally, taking from speaking from the grave, is just telling you what would happen. Is that she was set up by a man who wasn't? You know, she doesn't call. He said, "My baby dang. He up front of me, and he just gone, and I'm sitting here bleeding out, eight months pregnant with his baby. And she also does not seem in this recording as if she even herself wants to believe what is right in front of her. Like she's already fighting for her life and it's some effed up things and the operator asked her do you think he he did it? And she said yeah. Like so, Ray was um, not found guilty, however, for first-degree murder, but he was found guilty of conspiracy to commit murder and discharge of a firearm and and using an instrument with the intent to destroy an unborn child. He was given 18 to 24 years in prison and has since been released in October of 2018. Um, Ray has, uh, while in prison, converted to Islam. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) As they do, as they do. Um, and as of 2019, he is a resident of Pennsylvania and he works from home, um, like for like his family. Um, some other things that are really notable and I, and I really feel like this is important. So in terms of Chancellor, um, the young man, uh, did suffer some grave injury due to, um, like loss of oxygen, so he um cerebral pa- He is diagnosed with cerebral palsy, and he is um wheelchair bound. But he did graduate from high school. He has been living a really fulfilled life with his grandmother, um, as make sure that all his needs are provided for. He is a happy and you know just well rounded young man who is really out here just blazing up the world. Okay, um. Ray, of insult to injury, uh, really just wanted to get custody of Chancellor. He, at one point when he was getting out of prison, yes, and he made it seem like it was like this sacrificial thing, like, oh, I just need to be, you know, a good man and have on my rights as a father. And be be there for little Chancellor because you know Miss Adams, you shouldn't have to take care of him. Is my job and should have been the job of Cherica to take care of our baby. And I'm and you know due to like you know I guess certain events like you know me me conspiring to murder your your child and his mother um, that couldn't happen. He won't admit to that, because the story, like, and, you know, it's crazy, because I'm going to actually link this in our, in the description, and you're going to see it with, like, you know, our sources that are used for the notes for this, uh, this episode, to really just, um, put forth, like, an understanding that Ray had basically wrote a letter, a 11-page letter to Miss Adams, detailing, like, that he... Has apologized to her, and he doesn't understand why she goes on news outlets saying that he never apologized. And and what I, from what I got from the letter, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like he wants Miss Adams to accept his truth as the reality.
1: Mm-hmm. If you think about it, if if she accepts his apology as is, it's not like he's saying. I got your daughter murdered. I'm sorry. That's an apology that she could potentially accept or even move forward and forgive him. But the fact that he, like you said, his truth, which is she got, Cherica got caught up in his, him owing people money and stuff like that. That's his truth. That's, I would, I would, I believe that's not the reality of the situation. So do you feel like he's trying to, well, I mean, he's out of jail now, but at the time, do you feel like he was trying to like set something up for a potential appeal or like, okay, if she writes me back and says, oh, I forgive you, then that's, that's like her admitting that I didn't do it. So like, see her own mother knows that I didn't do it. So like, here's some evidence in my favor, basically, to make it, to paint me as somebody that just was caught up in such unfortunate circumstances. I do.
0: I do. I do believe that. I do believe that, and this is my opinion, guys, I do believe that he really wanted to set the tone for not only an appeal, but like, you know, I think he really wanted to be set right when he came out. I think he wanted society also to buy buy this truth. Because he... And basically, also was going to write him like write him a new story, because now he can have a a story where he can be in the life of his child. Because you forgive me, like you've forgiven me, like I guess I killed your daughter, but you know, my bad. Like what? Like it's like are you delusional? Like you are never getting custody of this child. Like like that was just never going to be regardless of if you were the one who set her up or she just got put up in a situation you are the reason regardless of why her child his mother
1: is not here and the fact that he i that, if he would have got custody of that little boy thank god he didn't well he's a grown man now but like if he would have gotten custody of him i feel like he would not have like okay let me backtrack you didn't want to be a father in the first place so now suddenly you want to be a father to this little boy, and now he he has he has special needs now. Like he has cerebral palsy, he has brain damage. So that's extra than what you even were thinking you were in for as far as parenting.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: now suddenly you're ready to be a dad, and you're ready to take care of this this little boy, and be a great father to him. No, you wanted to be painted as like some sort of like hero again. Like you went from. People probably were adoring you. You're this big football star to murderer. Now it's a home healthy, and no offense to home healthy, but I'm I'm shading him personally.
0: And you know, one one thing that we're going to have to understand is that you just cannot be right rewrite history by by taking care of a child that you really should have been taking care of, and in reality that in the reality that you are trying to do this, is more of a slap in the face to Miss Adams than anything else. Like, like, you know, she was just like, okay, and sir, like, okay, you're sorry. And what does that do from here? Like, I've gotten to raise this wonderful, amazing young man who Mm -hmm. you would have been blessed to even have a five-second interaction with. And you sitting up here trying to make me, me, feel bad for you for not accepting, for telling the media the basically my truth and my truth is, is that you haven't really apologized to me because that's not a genuine apology. Mm-hmm. It is not a genuine apology to me because it's not based in the reality. And the reality is, is that you were found guilty for the murder of my child. And you were found guilty for conspiring to have her killed. And regardless of what that means to you, the truth is as it is. And you have spent 18 years in prison. 18 years. Like, so now um, Chancellor should be about, like, he'll be about, 24? Like, this like, you know, she's raised him. She's raised, he is close to the age that his mother was when she was taken from her. Isn't that crazy? crazy and you know she should be able to like you know and I'm sure the narrative in her mind is like if Sherika was here and the life that he could have lived and Chancellor could have had because you didn't have to be you know and that's the crazy part is that men always want to act like like these like some of these men want to act like they are so these women do them so wrong but you could also sign away your rights to kids to where you don't have to pay child support
1: but that would not have made him look good in the in the media or the grand scheme of things if she would have had that baby he would be like i don't i really don't want nothing to do with him here you sign away my rights he's all yours i have that would have made sense because you don't have to have nothing to do with this kid but later on uh Little chancellor could have came out and been like I'm Ray good son and he's done nothing for me. And and that would have been a whole big thing. So I understand like logically why he wouldn't have done that. But it's like, bro, you didn't want to be a father. You didn't want any kids sign away your rights. If you don't want to put on, if you don't want to, (laughs) to, to use protection, then you need like sign away your rights or get, he,
0: he really got, wasn't even a father to his other kids like his other kid lives in california
1: he could have got a vasectomy if you really don't want kids and now i'm wondering like where is where is that coming from like obviously you know like obviously some people just don't want children and that's completely fine like i think we're in a day and age where it's like you don't have to have kids to be fulfilled you don't have to have kids most people first of all most people with kids be like ah like you don't have to have kids so the fact that like you can't procreate and it could have been avoided and you could have signed away your rights and had nothing to do with any of these kids it's just like bro you had her murdered now you have no career you have no chance at anything you're a terrible person now you have no interaction no access to your to your children even if you wanted later down the line to choose to be a father you should have just got a snip from jump but I'm wondering like his family dynamics and I'm wondering what the relationship was like with his mom I can probably guess by her statement that she made earlier that comment about not being a snitch I can guess what type of I can make a judgment on what type of woman she is and I can assume that she's one of those type of women who probably really Coddled and protected her son, even in situations and times when he was wrong. She probably
0: son my king.
1: Yes, because we know. And I'm wondering, was she was his dad in the picture? Do we know? Because you know, sometimes it really a
0: lot of what I hear from is like from her, his mom. Because like, even when um, and this is like so disturbing to me because like, I was just like, when I read this, I was like, you can't be fucking serious. So when Ray is locked up. There was a time where his mother did bring the baby
1: to see him. Chancellor or the first baby, Chancellor. I don't understand. Lady, right in the throat. And
0: I'm and and what? So what? But it, I don't really know if like Chancellor does have any relationship with 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 Ray's family, like the mom, the other grandmother, like any of the family. Like it really seems like miss miss adams is really the primary caregiver for him and the really like her family really has full access but however this does have a semi-happy ending of ray did give up that you know stupid and stupid and selfish goal of getting um access to chancellor he said he would not be furthering trying to communicate force communication or force like his you know presence in chancellor's life and that he feels like it would be just best for all parties Thank and you. <laughs> and i thought like, like yeah and i had that same reaction but I have a little bit of like a little everything I feel like for him is always a reason and the real reason I think is is that I feel like it all sounded good that he wanted access to his son when he's locked up and he's trying to get out he's hitting that 18th year mark like i uh, want to be a part uh. of his life I wanna do this. But now that he's out. And he got like <laughs> six it. more years left on his thing. He's like, okay, I don't need this kid no more. I don't need to try to be dad of the year anymore.
1: You don't need that story to make you to try and paint you in a in a good light or like, oh, you're remorseful. Oh, you've turned to, you're a different, you're a changed man. You want you wanna be a father, like we're not buying it. You didn't I'm want like, that baby in the first place. And now, because of you, he has you know long term damage, unfortunately. But thankfully, in spite of you, he's been able to live a good and like thriving life, and he survived. So ha ha in your face.
0: And I'm so happy that he's like you know has like a community, and it did seem like you know that his son Chancellor did want to meet his dad. Um, sure. Because you know it's it's dead like at the end of the day that's his father but I just don't think Ray is qualified to even be a person in his vicinity he doesn't seem like a good person he's definitely not it he's a coward he's he's a coward and instead of standing up and really taking in what he who he is and really being forthcoming about the the absolute bullshit that he is, he is very he's a coward. He doesn't want to admit to anything. He doesn't want he has told himself the narrative and he's put it through his thick skull multiple times. And that's just the story he's gonna live with. Um I wanted to hold this into the very end. So since we are at the very end, um, remember I said he's in Pennsylvania? Oh
1: God. <laughs> um,
0: he might be in our little city of Philadelphia, so it. that's great. Like you know, Ray might listen to this episode, so yeah, you know, Ray. fuck you, Ray. Like, oh my gosh! I don't, I don't,
1: can I Google? I like,
0: that's actually like it says, but like a lot of articles said Pennsylvania, but like one article said like Philadelphia to be more exact, and that's not shocking because like you know, Philadelphia, we do have a big Muslim community and, you know, in, in a city, it would be kind of easier for him to get around and go to the places he needs to go. Um, When he first got out of prison, um, you know, he was met up with by somebody from Carolina, like a news reporter and they met with him and he had pretty much a refusal to talk about you know, the incident that led to him being in prison and that he really was just kind of just looking forward to, you know, days out of prison and life now and his freedom in the future. And, you know, whatever. All I have to say to to this really is, Miss Adams, I wish you all of the best. And I am so sorry for the loss that you have experienced. You are an angel walking this earth. You are really putting grandmothers to shame. Because you are really just a huge support to Chancellor, and I know he adores you. And to Cherica Adams, I am so sorry that like you has experienced somebody like him, some somebody that's so self-involved and self-absorbed, like that he could not even,
1: ugh like just he just couldn't. It's sad because it seemed like she, even if he would have stepped out of the picture and been like, hey, you could have this baby, but I don't want to do with it. It seems like she probably would have had a really great support in her mom. Like mm-hmm. she would have had a village and it seemed like she was trying to get her life to a point um, where she would have been able to, if not already able to, like take care of her son and herself by herself without him. And it's just unfortunate that her life got cut short by somebody's selfishness. And like you said, self-involvement, I just, it's, it's just really sad. And unfortunately, this is not something that's never happened before. And it's probably something that will happen again when it comes to just the way men and women interact especially nowadays it just seems like women especially are just under attack Mm -hmm. like the men of the manosphere the podcast world like i honestly when i when you were first telling me about this uh case i was like immediately (laughs) immediately triggered and i was like oh my god like what would if this happened now or if we had podcasts back then how many podcasts would be talking about this and how many of those like male centric I don't know if that's the right word I'm thinking of like podcasts would be like well she shouldn't have done this in the first place like blaming her for the situation and taking his side and like understanding him like I I just went to a different place in my brain and I was like oh my god this they totally would have been blaming her for, mm-hmm. for getting pregnant by him, oh, she knew what she was doing. I can't, I'm just not even gonna say all the things that I'm pretty sure that they would say, but like, I really, this is a really sad situation. Um, But we are definitely happy that little Chancellor, who is now a grown man, mm-hmm. survived and he fought his way through. And I just, I wish him and Ms. Adams all the, just the happiness and good fortune. In the world,
0: it makes the room
1: better stay out of like.
0: right. Like he better not even sniff around them no more.
1: Okay. He better not
0: even breathe their names. Leave it alone. I'll be chokes.
1: Listen, the next
0: time he even thinks of saying Chancellor's name, because hmm. he has no right. And you know, he by the court of law standards, he has done his time and he has served his time for the crime. Um and he has to live every day with this fact and his life is never was it's not the life that I'm sure he set himself up for he is he is constantly mirrored with the scarlet M letter he is a murderer yeah Um uh, and he wanted to take like I said the cowardly way out the, instead of like just saying instead of looking like a shitty person and just saying like hey like I, I can't I can't do this kept bowing out he decides that I'm just going to murder. That's just my way out. So, like I said, like, I just really want to end this, like, episode on just positivity that, you know, as as women that we have each other's back, and this also is a case of womanhood and, like, sisterhood of that these women really stood beside her. Like, these other two Black women cooperated yeah. in characterhood. They validated her and that they basically uplifted her voice even more by telling their truths and honesty. So, and I really appreciate Amber Turner and Michelle Wright for doing that um, and also being with, they may have never met her in their life, but in that moment that they decided to say, I'm, I'm going to tell my truth. And by being honest and not, you know, doing maybe what Ray would have wanted and would look good. Mm-hmm. That I'm gonna tell the truth because in reality, anybody who like I'm just I'm gonna leave it at this. Anybody who would say for Michelle, for example, that she oh like why like that that you know she's just a money hungry person because she was getting money for child support. Well, she was such a money hungry person, and why wouldn't she just say the opposite of what she did when she was in the courtroom, right? I'm gonna leave y'all with that that she could have lied on the court on that stand and said. He was a he's a great guy. He's always been loving and caring. Because she to get child support, but she didn't. She didn't do any of those things. So, you know, believe what you guys want to believe. In a sense, men men that of the world of the podcast world, but Sherika is an angel. She Mm -hmm. is a fighter. She is literally so strong and she went through so much and she really fought so hard for her the life of her and her child and Ms. Adams again from our podcast over here at Crime at the Family Table we wish you all the best and Chancellor all the best in the future and we thank you guys for joining us you know for this week's podcast we will be back next week for another episode of Crime at the Family Table again we're doing celebrity cases so please um Kind of prepare yourself for that because these are some high profile cases. All right, yeah, bye. Happy
1: Valentine's Day, folks. Boo. <laughs> or <go. laughs> Bye. Bye. bye.